We probably all have heard that saying. Anyone could have done it. Everyone thought someone would do it, and in the end, no one did it. In my family, I was someone. My mom would just simply say, can someone help me? And a few times I'd pretend like I didn't hear. That never worked out well for me. I ended up doing it anyway. And uh, meanwhile, my brother and my sisters, my sisters were younger than me, my brother was a year older, uh, would somehow just conveniently convince themselves that they didn't hear the request. But it was always amazing when mom wanted work done, it was someone, when she had something good for us, you know, a dessert or supper or whatever it was, it was anyone and then everyone heard. A few times I teased my mother that I thought, well, maybe I should be changing my name to someone. Actually, at one point I told her, Mom, I hope you sleep well tonight. And she knew exactly what I was talking about. In that week alone, I had moved the refrigerator three times. She would stay awake late at night and redesign the uh, kitchen. By the third time, I moved it exactly where it was before we started. We all have had that experience of not wanting to respond to the will of our fathers and mothers. We probably have played all sorts of games with that. Uh, Sometimes I was successful in avoiding my mother's will, but most of the time not. But I always knew, too, that it would be better for me if I responded. It wasn't enough just to say, yeah, 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 I'll go and not do it. My, my brother played that game a lot. And not that I didn't ever play it, but he played it a lot. And eventually we had to do it. Today, as Jesus tells his parable, uh, that uh, this growing up comes to, comes to my mind at least, how in the end, the will of God is not that we simply say yes, but rather that we do. So we have the tax collectors and the prostitutes who initially have said no to the Lord, who said, no, I'm not going to obey your laws, no, I'm not going to obey your will, no, I'm not going to serve you. And in the end, when Jesus Christ breaks onto the scene, I need to follow. I need to observe the law. I need to come back to him. And Jesus uses that, this parable to tell the scribes, the Pharisees, the chief priests, and the elders Look, you say you're doing the will of God, but you're not. The will of God is for conversion. In the end, we know that God the Father's will is perfect. We might not always understand that will and why, uh, why he asks us to do certain things. But when our will aligns with God's will, there is a beauty there. There has to be a trust That we know that when we respond to God's will, make his will our own will, that it works out much better than we could ever imagine. How do we get to that will? Well, today we find it, I think, one of the key virtues in today's second reading. I have to admit it's one of my favorite readings. I have so many favorite readings, so don't, don't take count. I may say that again. And every time we have this reading, can't help but think of a time when in seminary, of course, you learn to do by doing, right? 
And uh, so we learn to preach by actually preaching, not during the liturgy, not during uh, 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 morning prayer or evening prayer, but rather as a class. <clears throat> and one particular lesson we were given was we were given a particular set of readings, and one of my classmates was given, I don't know if it was the, this Sunday's readings or, or what, but he told a wonderful story about how in a time of his life he was dressed very shabbily and he was treated like a homeless person. He really wasn't homeless, he wasn't jobless, he wasn't moneyless, he just looked that way. And he was asked to talk about how Jesus looked like a slave. He had the exterior appearance of a slave. And as he was giving his class homily, I found myself getting a little frustrated. And in complete humility, after he was done, I raised my hand and, and said, do you realize what you've done? He said, what? I said, well, how do you define form? Was well, an exterior appearance without an internal reality. He said, then you just said that Jesus is not God. Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God as something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. That word form is used two times, and you change the definition in the middle of it. You can't do that. St. Paul is using the same definition for the word. He's got to. As we sat there, all of a sudden it dawned on all of us. If Jesus Christ really is God internally, if he really is God outward and inward, then he really became a slave outward and inward. He really, utterly, completely humbled himself, taking and becoming a slave for us, for our salvation. He emptied himself, completely letting go of his rights, his dignity, his claim. That when God the Father told him, you are to take on flesh, you are to become incarnate, you are to suffer and die on the cross, offering your life for the people that I have created. He did it. He not only said yes, but he did it. And yes, in the garden, he prayed, if there be any other way, but not my will, but your will be done. Father, let this cup pass for me, if it be any other way, but I'm obedient to your will. He humbled himself even to the point of death. Death on the cross, of, of course, the worst of all deaths. And because of this, we hear that God exalted him. Humility is one of those great gifts that we have, and as soon as we talk about humility, we get into trouble. I've joked with people, I want to write a book someday, The Twelve Steps of Humility and How I Made It in Ten. That's a joke, of course. We think, you know, once we get to that point where we, uh, we think we've made it to humility, we realize we haven't. C.S. Lewis tells us humility isn't thinking less of ourselves, but rather thinking of ourselves less. I think there's a truth there for us. Humility is not about making ourselves less. And sometimes we think humility means we self-deprecate, we tell jokes about ourselves. We, we call ourselves maybe names, or we deny our gifts and talents. Or when somebody gives us a compliment that we deny it, deflect it, 
Humility is different, though. Humility comes, the, the word humility comes from the same root as dirt, the ground. To be humble is to be grounded and be grounded in the truth. So it's humility that would say, to, if somebody would say to someone, you have a beautiful talent for playing the piano, thank you very much, God has gifted me with that talent. It's not humility to say, oh, no, no, no. And it would not be humility of my part at all if you said I was talented playing the piano. I can plunk it like a tennis ball on it, but I can't play it. Humility is grounded in the truth. To be humble means then we live that truth out. We not only say yes to God, but we do in humility. Having, as St. Paul encourages the Philippians and encourages us, that attitude that is ours in Christ Jesus. Humility. To humble ourselves. To recognize what needs to be done and to do it. What needs to be done, conversion, of course. What needs to be done, service. As I look at this, though, I need to make a correction in the translation. St. Paul tells us to not look out for our own interests, but this translation says, but also for the others. He actually is telling us the opposite. Don't look out for your own interests. Look only for the interests of the other. Because sometimes in serving the other, we find ourselves thinking of ourselves less. And when we serve, we find ourselves served too. That ought not be why we do what we do. But when we serve, we're served. When when we serve the Lord, he serves us too. He gives us what we need, and it takes that trust. In the end, again, it's humility that leads us. We can pretend like we don't hear the word of God, that we don't understand that will, We can hide out in our rooms. We can say, I have a thousand other things I would rather do than following the will of our Heavenly Father. In the end, that doesn't succeed. It never works out well for us. And even if we have to move a refrigerator three times, if that's God's will, so be it. Even if we have to go out and pick the grapes when we'd rather do something else, in humility when we do so, we find exaltation. Not because we've done it, but simply because we've responded to the will of our Heavenly Father in humility.